Okay. Welcome back to Finding New Films. It's episode 13. I have a special guest with me today. Zach. Hi. The second Zach on this show. Zach 2. Zach 2. We call him Zach D. Uh, the former Zach C. So it's still kind of confusing in a, in a way. but We're going in alphabetical order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have a Zach E and B on <laughs> it soon. So it'll be really, really easy to, to, to um, you know, tell them apart, you know. That's true. Um, but this week was my pick. And I picked the uh, movie Daughters of the Dust. Um, I had no idea about anything about this movie before I picked it, really. I had read the plot synopsis one time, mm-hmm. and I put it on a list. And I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. How'd you find this movie? I believe I was looking up... I was trying to diversify the list, because I looked down it, and I was like, holy men... It's white as hell, it's, too. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I looked up best movies directed by women, and then I looked up best movies, uh, best international movies. And that's what I attacked on. Like, the last 10 or 20 movies on the list were movies just directed by women or international films. So still a lot of white men, probably, with of the international course. movies. Yeah. But... Uh, this movie was directed by a black woman. It's the first independent film ever produced by a black woman. Is it really? Uh, I actually knew. It's very crazy. Wow. Um, so shout out to Julie Dash. Um, goat. Goat. <laughs> goat, yeah. Everybody, everybody says it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this movie, is, this movie is really interesting. I've never seen a movie similar to it. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your thoughts on it? I didn't read the plot synopsis going into it. Uh, normally, if it's like a movie I don't know anything about, I like to not know anything about it and just kind of let my thoughts take over as I'm as I'm watching the movie. Um, I, I had no thoughts going into it. I did I did absolutely no research before watching it because I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, as I was watching it, though, I did I was like diving a little bit deeper into well, what it's all about. I, Enjoyed it. That's cool. Yeah, I I wish I could be that way. <laughs> I wish I could just let the movie speak for itself. But I'm like, no, I have to know everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to know everything. Of course. Um, but yeah, this movie is awesome. It's uh, around the culture of the Gulag people of the South Carolina Islands. Um, it's very very interesting. Uh, just complete dive into their culture through three generations of women and uh it's very 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 interesting yeah um so i guess i'll go ahead and get into the credits uh this movie was uh, 114 minutes so right around what is that hour 50 minutes uh writer uh julie dash directed by julie dash scores done by john barnes camera was beautifully done by arthur jaffa uh stars this movie were Coralie day alva rogers barbara o trula huger and cast remained uh with umar abdur rahman uh i think i said that right abdur raham yeah yeah uh cheryl lynn bruce Tommy Redmond Hicks, Eartha Robinson, Bonnie Turpin, Jabario Cuthbert, and Cornell Royal. It's a pretty lesser known people, I 
on this film. I think that's the point. Yeah, it felt very, uh, you know, you can tell there was no, uh, what is that, uh, the sound design, what is it called? Gap. Gaffing? Gaffing. Yeah, there was no gaffing. None, none at all. This was pure recorded sound. Yes. Uh, And I like it. I think it added to the movie, honestly. I don't think that the movie would have... Survive. I don't know about survive, but I don't think it really would have benefited from having had a gaffer. Like 70% of the movie takes place outside. Yeah. I'd <laughs> say maybe more than that, actually. Just like it's, sand yeah, noises. It's like, you just have like a recording of like uh, just like birds chirping, <laughs> just like for like an entire Those scene. birds were really loud. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. That was quite distracting. That, that was really, really funny, yeah. honestly. No. Alrighty. I'm going to get into the plot now. Um, okay. So, do this. I'm gonna do this with no fuck ups. Okay. Daughters of the Dust is set in 1902 among the members of the Pizant family, Gula Islanders who live at Ibo Landing on Datwa Island, uh, now known as Saint Simmons Island, off the Georgia coast. Their ancestors were brought here uh, as enslaved people centuries ago, and the Islanders developed a language known as Gula or Sea Island Creole English and culture. Uh, that was creolized from West Africans of Igbo, Yoruba, Mende, and Twi origin, along with some influence from the Bakangu Central Africa, as well as the cultures and languages of the British Isles, with the common variety of English being the superstratum in this case. Developed in their relative isolation of large plantations on the island, the enslaved people's uh, unique culture and language have endured over time. Their dialogue is in Gula Creole. Narrated by the unborn child, the future daughter of Eli and Eula, whose voice is influenced by accounts of her ancestors, the film presents poetic visuals, images, visual images and circular narrative structures to represent the past, present, and future for the Gula, the majority of whom who are about to embark for the mainland in a more modern, civilized way of life civilized way of life. Uh, the old ways of the African ancestral history are represented by community matriarch Nana Pizant, who practices African, African spiritual rituals. Nana tells her family as she bids them uh, to remember and honor their ancestors as they embark on their new journey. We are two people in one body, the last of the old and the first of the new. I love that line. That was fun. Uh, contrasting cousins, Viola, a devout Christian, and Yellow Mary, a free spirit who has brought her lover, Trula, from the city, arrive at the island by boat from their homes on the mainland for a dinner with their family. Yellow Mary plans to leave for Nova Scotia after her visit. Mr. Sneed, a mainland photographer, accompanies Viola and takes portraits of the islanders before they leave their way of life forever. Intertwined with these narratives is the marital rift between Eli and his wife Eula, who is about to give birth after being raped by a white man on the mainland. Eli struggles with the fact that their unborn child may not be his, and his mother pressures him. Wait, sorry, and his mother's pressures for him to maintain his connection to his ancestors. The unborn child of Eli and Eula narrates the film, tracing the legacy before her birth. Several other family members. Uh, stories unfold between these narratives. They include Hagar, a cousin who finds the old spiritual beliefs and provincialism of the island backwards and is impatient to leave for a more modern society with its educational and economic opportunities. 
her daughter Iona longs to be with her secret lover, St. Julian Last Child, a Cherokee Native American, a resident of the island. Last Child presents uh, Iona with a letter confessing his devotion the day of Iona's departure, asking her to stay with him. While the women prepare a traditional meal for the feast, which includes okra, yams, and shellfish prepared at the beach, the men gather nearby in groups to talk and play games. The children and teenagers play games, practice ritual rites on the beach, and have a Bible study session with Viola. Yellow Mary and Eula bond as survivors of rape, and Paul Muhammad, a cousin that is believed to be Igbo but hails from the French West Indies, leads a Muslim prayer. Uh, Nana evokes the spirits of the family's ancestors who worked on the island's indigo plantations. Nana combines her combines the power of their ancestors with Viola's Bible as a symbol of the old and the new. Eula and Eli reveal the history of folklore of the slave uprising and mass suicide at Ibo Landing. The Paisant family make their final decisions to leave the island for a new beginning or stay behind and maintain their way of life. Yellow Mary chooses to stay on the island along with Eli and Eula. In tears, Iona jumps off the boat, departing as last child comes to take her on horseback. Hagar is held back by another family member while calling for her daughter. Remaining family members watch as most of the Paisans finally depart. Um, not mentioned in that for some reason is the fact that um, Eula and Eli decide to stay yep. um, in the South Carolina islands. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure why that's left out. It's pretty oh, no, it is. Yellow Mary chooses to stay on the mm -hmm. island along with Eli and Eula. True. I don't have a reading comprehension. Don't read one. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was Daughters of the Dust mm -hmm. uh, a very interesting movie that I would probably like on a Sunday afternoon it's a very nice uplifting movie to it's a peaceful one remind you of that too remind you of you know where you where you come from of course remind you to make sure you remember where you come from and I really enjoyed the the whole message of the movie I really I really did that is what it boils down to I'd say Instead of like uh, changing, like like the world is changing, like the world's industrializing as well. Like it's time to adapt in a way, but also remember like where where you come from. Yeah, and I mean, I you can imagine it. it it's you can imagine their their perspective as well of being like, well, you know, we kind of want to go. <laughs> There's a great line, and I keep bringing this back up I've told two of my roommates about this movie mm. and like the line that I brought up was like you know their their line was uh, you know I want vegetables on my table at the end of the day yeah. and it's like where they live now they just can't they can't yield that harvest yeah. and that has to be pretty difficult and it has to weigh on your mind a lot especially when you start having children mm. you gotta care for other people it's like I mean, we got civilization right there. They're pretty isolated too. Yeah, so it's like it's, it's not it's far out. Right, it'd be one thing to live in the in the boonies, but living on an island, yeah. separated from the mainland, it's Very just hard. Um, um, yeah, it's but the, I think the movie did a really good job of like grounding the perspective. Yeah, um, I agree. I had no idea that this like subset of African American culture existed even. I had no idea either. Um, and we live 
one state away. So <laughs> right. like, uh, and I'm pretty sure, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure Gulag stretches up into North Carolina and the Outer Banks, like, yeah. up near Elizabeth City, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, the rural areas up near there, um, and up into Virginia, near Virginia Beach as well, and into Georgia, from what I read. Yeah. But um, they're also known as Geechee people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had no idea. And they have their own Creole that they, that they speak. It's very, very interesting. This is one of those movies where not yeah. much happens, really. No. But there's a rise you, of action. Yeah. yeah, of course. But what you take away from the movie is more important than what happens in the movie. Yeah. And I, I, I love movies like that. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, I really like the opening on a Carolina sunset. There's nothing prettier <laughs> that you can Beautiful. look at. Uh, the in the that we'll go ahead and get over this. The cinematography in this movie is incredible. It's the best part of the movie. Yeah. Honestly. Nature. Just like the start of with, like with those crossfades. It's just right. magical. It's literally like they, they hit golden hour like every time too. It's beautiful. Seriously. That cinematographer deserves all the money and praise. I saw that he um won like the like the highest uh, award you can win at Sundance for the cinematography. He should. Yeah, he, he deserves, deserves that. More than that. More and everything. And money, the whole bag. <laughs> beautiful. The whole bag. Um, he, that, honestly, I can't get over it enough. The no. nature, when anybody can put nature into perspective in a beautiful way, mm. love it. Um, Roger Deakins and the assassination of Jesse James. Yeah. We watched that for the podcast, and damn. That dude, that dude just doesn't, he never lets up. He, is always popping off, he's, I will say. He's the guy. Yeah. That's the GOAT. For We're going to talk about a GOAT. He's number one. <laughs> number one in my <laughs> book. Uh, I, I thought the dialogue in this movie was really well written, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't really understand. Like, I have no concept of, like, what that would sound like, actually. Right. But if I was to assume, right. it seems pretty realistic to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was reading, uh, the subtitles are funny because it actually was not subtitling mm-hmm. what they were saying. No, no, it was like a translation, basically. Yeah. So that was, int- I, I, at least I was glad I had that as kind of a reference because mm-hmm. there was definitely some times where I probably would have gotten... It would have gone over my head. Gone yeah. over my, my little colonizer head. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it, this movie was really cool. I really like the dialogue in it, and um, I don't know why I keep saying this movie is really. Cool. It is cool though. I it is say. really cool. <laughs> the movie feels really like uh, personal to the director. Yeah. And I did more research on it, and like her ancestry comes from the the, the Gichi. Yeah, you can feel it for sure. Yeah. Um, it's it's palpable. Um, so glad that she gets to do that and be. You know, the producer of the movies. No one's telling her what she can and can't do. Yeah. Because this is one of those movies where, you know, you can't really have someone telling you or giving you input into what you're doing because it, it, it's going to, it doesn't, no. it doesn't translate. She, she's the expert on this, exactly. in this situation. So there's no one else that could really tell her what's right or wrong in this right. movie. And she directed the movie really well. Yeah. I thought it was put together well. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the movie may have lagged a little bit for me. It was slow. I'm going to be honest, the first time I tried to watch it, I fell asleep. But I also started at like 1 in the morning. So that that probably was not uh, a good move on my part. Yeah, I did the exact same thing. I was trying to watch it at like 12.30 and I was like, 
I'm gonna fall asleep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could feel it. Yeah. Eyes getting heavy. Uh-huh. Um, but it, but I when I did actually get to watching it, uh, it made me late for work, which I don't really mind. Mm. But <laughs> it uh, it was great. I uh, I really I don't know why I keep repeating myself, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I guess I'll try to get in more specific thoughts in. Um, I loved when she when they called out the Yankees for being complicit in slavery. Mm. I mean, I'm not you know I'm not being like yeah we <laughs> were in the we were in the no we were in the very wrong and the much very more wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the them not just glossing over that. Like, you think you're going to go to the north. I loved that they repeated that, too. It's like, you think you're going to go to the north, and you're going to find, like, prosperity. And it's yeah. like, you got a whole other thing coming. It's true. Um, For a movie made in 1991, this is way ahead of its time. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know anything that was this culturally ahead of, like, this far ahead of the curve when, from yeah. the 90s. Like, that's when Goodfellas came out. Like, right. There's nothing similar to this right. in that era. When you think about Goodfellas and how, like, culturally unconscious it sometimes feels. I mean, yeah. it's culturally conscious of Italians. Yes. I mean, like, <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, right. I mean, it's always about Italians. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, any, any mafia movie, you yeah. have, like, a good Italian scene where they're sitting around eating food together. Uh, but, you know, in this movie, there's, like, more of a... Um, there's more of, like, a, a closeness of just family in general. Yeah. Um, uh, but I don't really know where I was going with that. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I really like the line where Nana said she's gonna have something for him <laughs> if, if they went if they went, went up to the north. She's like, I'm gonna have something for you. <laughs> Nana's packing, um, so you just keep uh keep an eye out for that. Nana's, Nana's got a thing on her. <laughs> Nana keeping that thing. Uh. <laughs> She was a good actress. Oh yeah, I think the best the best um, performance in the movie for sure. I'd say very her performance felt the most grounded, mm. the most real, um, most believable. I should Absolutely. say. Absolutely. Um, Eula had some scenes where she was really overdramatic. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. And it was like I felt like I was watching a, a theater play. At um, times, it feels a little soapy. Yeah, I think though mostly because the music, at times yes. it started. The music started off hard, like yes. like really good percussion, just like really good music. But at times it like sounded like like really like corny synth music from like a '90s sitcom. <laughs> I, I'm not sure why. It was a really strange choice. Like it just like yeah. completely contradicted everything that it was set up before. Right. But. I have that in my notes. I said the score is weird, and not in parts it's nice, but it's very dated. Yeah, it, it shows its age very easily. You're like, wait, when was this movie made? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels like a, it feels like the movie was made in 1981. When yeah. you listen to the score. It's true. Um, it, it reminded me of Full House, the soundtrack yes, of Full House. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, that's what, that's that was like that's in my what notes. It, felt like. it, it has a, like 90s sitcom like Full House. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's like it was. Moving between like the like you know the percussion, then it was moving right into that like nineties like synth or eighties yeah. synth. It was it was super weird. I was like really thrown off by that. Yeah. But um, 
I thought that scene between Nana and Eli was really good. Mm, that one was really good. Uh, where Eli is kind of like pleading with her, is like, you're putting all this pressure on me, you know, to make my family be like connected to my ancestors. Like, what if I don't want that? Yeah. What if I, what if I, what if I just want to like raise my kid the way I want to raise it? She's like, yeah, but my way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was really random when he just pulled out like tobacco out of his pocket. Uh, Grava. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, bro, uh, what is this for? It was just like, he was just like, I have something in my pocket. And he just pulled out like a big <laughs> wad of tobacco and gave it to her. And that was it. That nothing. Was, that was the scene. Nothing else came of that. <laughs> that must be symbolic, but... It has something else to do with it, I'm sure, yeah. I, I That one definitely went over my head. Yeah. Um... I have a note that says this movie is very indie. Like, very, 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 hey, do you know somebody that has a camera? Um, And, you know, most good, we watch Clerks on here. That's that's about as, hey, do you have a camera as you can get. But um, this movie definitely felt that way as well. I don't know what the budget was for this movie. I did not see it. It was 800 grand. I don't know what that is adjusted for inflation. But they, uh, it looked like they shot like a good majority of it outside. So, right. so like shooting on a location is more expensive than shooting like in a studio. So I feel like they probably used most of the budget on that. Yeah. I don't know where it was shot though, because that could. I mean, like if they shot it in, in like the south, that would be absolutely brutal. <laughs> like the, yeah. the humidity. Like they were wearing like suits on the beach. Yeah. Like that doesn't sound like a comfortable. Comfortable time. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't advise that at all. Mm-hmm. It's like sounds like Mad Max. Yeah, it says that they shot it on South on the South Carolina coast. Wow. Authenticity, I'll mm-hmm. take it. I hate that OBX show. They film that. <laughs> they film that show in Charleston. Um, I, I my girlfriend goes to UNC. She told me that there's a line in that show where they say that they take a ferry to Chapel Hill. And if you're a North Carolina native. No, you can't do that. <laughs> no, there, it's, it's impossible. Yeah, actually, it's no rivers nope. to go to chat. Like not one. That's gonna be the next edition. <laughs> Just the North Carolina flag. Yeah. So whenever I reference it, I can be like, so. <laughs> <laughs> we know we know it all about North Carolina. But yeah, basically, if three hours <clears throat> of of mainland ferry. <laughs> If you can make that happen. If you can ride a boat <laughs> for two, maybe two and a half, maybe maybe two, I don't know. Through the coastal plains. If you can ride a ferry up I-40, <laughs> I would give you, like, so much money. Without towing it, either. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's insane. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. You made me hate the shows I so still much haven't more. seen it. I, I refuse, to be I, honest. I, I refuse as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these characters had pretty weird mannerisms. <laughs> that probably just comes from not being actors. Yeah. But uh, the, some of them just had, like, super odd, especially, like, Eula especially, I feel like. She was emoting very uh, interestingly. Um, Going hard. Yeah, she was... A little too hard. Yeah, she got lost mm-hmm. in, the, in the role. Um, <laughs> somebody yeah. needs to show her back to the door, I mm-hmm. think. Um but yeah, I don't know. Any any thoughts from you? Um, 
touched on this really like the dialogue oh i saw that the the movie was like uh so it represented the culture so well that uh the u.s film registry selected it to be preserved that's yeah i, I think i saw that um, that made me happy to hear that's um, cool i felt like the only the only pe- is there any like pieces of media that you feel like you could compare this to because there was only one that came to mind, and it's definitely not the same at all. <laughs> but it was Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> I guess, I guess, like the time period, like the yeah. industrialization, yeah. Um, kind of has something to do with ancestry. But that was the only thing I felt like, like thematically, yeah. fit in the same kind of role as well. Yeah, um, maybe something like. Um like dances with wolves maybe true yeah um more recently something like no cuz that, that's just kind of like a thriller i was going to say uh what's that movie with leo dicaprio that he won for oh uh, the rep- i was going to say that but it's it, it's too that's a that movie's way too intense yeah and, it's, and the movie's dark <laughs> sad yeah it's Very the sad. worst possible Comparison, yeah, no, I can't really think. No, of that. it's not. It's not really. It's it stands on its own. I will say. Yeah. Very well too. Yeah, very well. I think so. I think um, he's very noticeable that a woman directed this movie. It's the movie never and just resulted in direct crazy violence out of nowhere, mm. uh, or oh. you know, random misogynistic lines. It's just uh, it's, it was very it was, solid drama. Yeah, it was oh. just. It's just a super solid, <laughs> just, uh, you know, day in the life of, of the Gula people. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, just the most innocent possible family movie. Yeah. As someone who watches, like, A24 movies, I, I don't I don't know that an innocent family exists. No. I, you wouldn't think yeah. that one does. I felt like I was, like, waiting for something, like crazy to happen because yeah. that's all I watch like I feel like recently all I've watched is like David Lynch movies it's just like nonsense after nonsense yeah. after nonsense and this is just like the complete opposite of that oh for sure I watched Memento last night yeah. and like comparing Memento to this you're no. just like what it's not even in the same realm yeah there's so little movies that are just made because it's like oh well, I want to teach you like a a, a virtue of life. <laughs> yeah, no, actually. And like, a, a positive virtue of life. And that sometimes, even when you argue with your family, you still love them. Yeah. And there's no, like, bells or whistles attached to it either. Yeah. It's just like a... Nobody has to die. No. Nobody has to... Uh-huh. Nobody has to hate each other, fight physically. It can just be talked about. It can just... You Sometimes you can sit down and just talk to someone. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and get through it. Uh, you know, love your family. <laughs> so crazy, yeah. dude. I don't even know who the hell thought this shit up. Um, Our girl, Julie Dash. I love Julie Dash. Yeah. I love the, the Stereopticon. The Stereopticon. The little uh, Oh, yeah. Little thing. The, I, I love that popping up. That was cool. And then, like, when they cut to, um, like, just, like, old shots from, like, silent films at the same yeah. time. You could tell that that wasn't like what is that is that what you're worried like the kid was like playing with yeah, the, yeah, yeah okay there I don't know that it wasn't really I guess it was had to do with like the voiceover more than anything like right. where they cut to that but I like the shot um where 
I just thought it was cute, I guess, where they're, like, taking pictures of all the men on the beach, and then, like, the, the little girl, like, just pops up. I don't she's just, and he's just like, what the, I don't know. I thought that was cute. Cute little moment. That was cute. Yeah. That was a, that was a very 90s. Yeah. Uh, let's just put this in. That's yeah. cute. Mm-hmm. I can hear, that was probably their justification for putting it in the movie. Oh, it's cute. It's cute, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. We gotta there set up is. a break. Um, we're gonna talk more <clears throat> about our thoughts when we come back from this break. But stick around. Uh, I don't need to say much more. Just stick around for the next the next part of the podcast. You've already watched this much. Here comes an eHarmony ad just for you. Uh. <laughs> Alright. Sound like an old man. It's true. I'm getting old. Twenty-three. Oh, twenty-three. I'm twenty-two still. When's your birthday? July. What the? Twenty-first. Hey, a week apart from my sister. Damn. That's crazy. People just be getting born. It's true. Every once in a while. Every day, I think. Possibly. People die, though, too. Every day. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey. Uh, let's keep talking about a good movie. Um, yes. Fill you back in. We've been watching Daughters of the Dunge. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie. This movie was good. <laughs> I'll just keep saying yes, it. Yes, it was good. I it enjoyed was, it. It was a movie yes. that exists. It was. Um, I really like the part uh, where. And this is a quote from the movie, because uh, I have it in quotations. Yeah. It says, Eula say, we the bridge that they, that they cross over on, we're the tie between then and now. Mm. And that uh, hurt my feelings a lot, um, that, that our race used to do that to people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was a great line. Beautifully poetic. Um, there's a lot of the lines like that, where they just kind of dig into your heart and um for good reason uh and that is one of them and i really enjoyed that line yeah um, it's, it's pretty deep i must say but it definitely represents what african-american culture is i would say unfortunately and what, what the generation gap is sad, of course. yeah mm-hmm. um and then the whole fact of the, you know, them trying to get out of it by moving north yeah. and then having the elders basically be like, we're well, not going to be treated any better there. That's true. And they kind of have that realization, too. And, like, a lot of them feel that they are probably right. Yeah. Uh, you know, the people that are saying that are probably right yeah. in some form. That, that island is kind of like their paradise, I will say. Yeah. Um, they have no one bothering them there. It's just them. So, I mean, you can see both sides of the story. Um, both sides of the perspective. And I think that's why this movie works so well, because the main um, the main focal talking point, the main, what is it called? Theme? Um. When people disagree about something. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> Words. Yeah. 
they do that. Anyway, they, the, you can see the main conflict. There we go. Yes, yes. In yes. the movie, oh. wow, that is embarrassing. The main conflict in the movie uh, is basically predicated on that idea. So when you can see both sides of the idea, it's you know it makes for that much better of a movie. Yeah. Just like when the Marvel villain makes a good point. You know, you're just like, you're that much into it. You're like, damn. Well, he is right. The Marvel villains are, or the Marvel heroes do just destroy all the cities. Why are they the heroes? So, kind of like that, because I'm dumbing it down for myself. But, you know, <laughs> they, uh, they they do that. It's it, And it's really good, uh, really well written. And I thought it was like, um, I thought the movie was pretty well edited. Yeah, it's. I mean, it it works in a in a way that it wasn't like uh, it was nothing too jarring. I'd say cut yeah. to cut, you know, it all worked cool, flowed well. There's a lot of good montage scenes. Mm. It was a little. It's non-linear, yeah. if, if I'm correct, right? I think maybe there's like parts where it just like jumps back in time. I think so. Mm. It's very unclear. Yeah, it is. Um, that is one thing about this movie is like while it feels so um, so thought out and it feels so um, not direct, but it feels so pointed. It knows exactly what it wants to say. Yeah. But at the same time, it also feels abstract in the way that it's put together. Um, and that's really interesting um, from like just a direction and an editing standpoint. Yeah. Um, because there, that was mostly when those synth scenes would come by. Yeah. Is just in these random moments of editing, it would become abstract because of the synth mm. in the score. And I'm not really sure what it was supposed to symbolize. I can't really. I haven't come to a conclusion yeah. of how I feel about it. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I think um, I just want to talk about the visuals one more time because it's just so it, this, I, I, w I would really enjoy to watch just like throw this movie on like the TV with like no sound yeah, and just like just be able to like have it as like a good audio or a visual guide in some way just to just to, like it just looks so good it's really it's, really it's, pretty. it is beautiful North Carolina being pretty really helps it out yeah but, it's, uh, true. it's true you know well, not North Carolina, but the Carolinas. The, yes. Carolinas being pretty, uh, really help it out. It's and the sunset, the the sunset on the Carolina coast is immaculate. So, you know, it had that going for mm -hmm. it too. But the, to be able to capture it the, as well as he did, you have to you have to really be a, a master. Of your craft. A master, yeah. And he is. Um, so, has really, he done anything else? I did not. Because I hadn't heard of him until this. I had never heard of him either. I think I had read... I, I looked him up, and I think I had seen where he went to Howard. Um, born in Tupelo, Mississippi. I don't know a lot of his, his work. That's unfortunate. Produced a Kanye West music video. Canceled. Um, That's crazy. 
Wow, he actually that's he did. He, it looks like he does a lot of music videos nowadays. That's that's really cool. Well, as long as he feels fulfilled in his creative endeavors, that's all that matters. Um. I also like the line in the movie, uh, "Buzzards don't circle around in the ra- around in the air for fun." Thought that was an awesome that's, line. That's a bar right there. That is a really <laughs> good line. Uh, she dropped that when she was talking about why Mary came home. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Um, and it was a good line. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna leave it at that. It was a good line. Um. Yeah, I got I got right here. Movie starts slow and too abstract, but it comes around eventually. I enjoyed the beginning abstractions, I will say, but it definitely didn't like hook me. Yeah, per se. I think it. I for me, it went a little a little too far on it, but that, you know, what in my opinion matter? Yeah, um, <laughs> this is still a successful I, movie. I want to say. Based on that, uh, we I don't know if the, was this on the podcast or off. We were talking about an ox getting killed in Apocalypse uh, Now. Yes. I think it was before the podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, we brought up how in Apocalypse Now the ox gets murdered like in for real. There was a chicken getting defeathered. Yeah, uh, I'm wondering if that was a real chicken. <laughs> I, I I wonder that all the time now when I see an animal. Uh, getting harmed. I'm like, was any animal harmed in the? They normally they normally say at the end in the credits there's no animal. I didn't check to see though. I would love no to see that harmed. like in the apocalypse now. It's like no animals were harmed. They'd, they'd be like, lying out their ass. Excuse me. Um, I really wouldn't put it past Francis Coppola though. No. I, I it does not really surprise me mm-hmm. that much. And they were filming in Vietnam, so yeah. they have different film roles. So he, he was going like also the wall on that so I mean I'm not justifying him killing an ox but yeah. I can understand his placement of it in the film right it fits the tone I would say I feel like maybe he thinks he can do anything after that run that he had in the 70s with Godfathers and the two Godfathers and then that movie right after I mean you gotta feel like you can do literally anything yeah. so it's, it's like, fuck it, I'm yeah. not an ox getting killed in the movie, I don't care. It's off topic, but have you seen uh, The Conversation by Francis Ford Coppola? It's also in that era of, um, in the 70s of gotcha. his running movies, and it's like a spy espionage. Good stuff. I'll check it out. Highly recommend it. Zach's recommendation of the week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that'll come again the next time you <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, few weeks uh i have my next note says agua agua <laughs> agua agua she just randomly asked the guy how do you say water in french agua agua and she was like agua i was like why why are you just saying agua just silly right? silly stuff that's one thing about this movie it's just kind of like the silliness of it it's a little hard to take that seriously at times, but yeah. I can still respect it. It kind of just makes you feel like you're watching someone's real family. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah. wow, that's kind of cringy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, like the, uh, I really like the scene where Eula and Mary were, um, were sitting in the tree. Mm. Uh, or well, Mary was sitting in the tree and Eula was on the ground like looking up at her and her lover. 
uh, looking up at Mary and her lover. Um, it was really nice. They had like a really good bonding. Um, they say what the lover's name. Or they just call her. I have, I have it up here. Trula. Trula. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the the fight scene was hilarious. Where they fake fought. That was really really funny. They were swinging. They were swinging. They were going after each other. Um. That montage scene after on the beach after they say the the rain was coming was really nice mm. that like uh, that beach like festival that they had yeah that was and then it was followed by the feast um which is really good mm. it was just really all around just really really good all around all around um and the girl who uh played Iona mm. was a really good actress too the girl who was um in love with the Native American. Ah, yes. Uh, she was really good. Um, I thought she, like, really did a good job of, um, of just, like, without having to say much of anything, making you understand, like, how she felt. Mm. So, good, I guess, good facial expressions is what I should say. Which is a part of acting. But, um, another... Part. Oh, I wanted to highlight that um, another good actress performance was from the the woman who married into the family. I don't remember her name, but the only one that didn't speak with uh, the Gulags. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I don't remember her I don't name. Remember her name. Um, but she was good at. She was a really good actress in mm. like her. She was like the foil, basically, to. To Nana's character. Right. And I thought that was... Her character was really well... Really well done. Mm-hmm. And, and she also really represented, like... Uh, like, she felt like she held a lot of shame for, like, one of her... Her kids to be raised that way. Like, she was the exact opposite um, of how Nana felt about it. Where you have to, like, live there forever. Um... But I thought they were really with the character with nuance and you could understand where she was coming from. Absolutely. But at the same time, she was being really cruel to Nana. Yeah. About it. Like, unnecessarily cruel. Just like, I don't want my kids to live like that. Just calling like her rituals like witchcraft and shit. Mm. It's like, bro, just calm down with that. She's just being a hater. Yeah. But also, Nana don't got vegetables, so... <laughs> Kind of a valid point. That is a valid point. I like that the photographer um, was also like a separation where you see a separation of like black Americans in America and African Americans in America. Yeah. And like, because a lot of times they're grouped together or, you know, older generate like Gen uh, Xers will be like, oh, uh, an African American man. Just it's call like, them do all you, that. Do you, yeah. Do you mean a black man or yeah. do you mean an African American man? Like, there's a, there's a, very large difference. <laughs> you know we are like a hundred, like almost, uh, almost two hundred years away from slavery. You know yes. that, right, guys? <laughs> like, we are. They are not all African Americans. Um, quote that I enjoyed: "Women are the sweetness of life." Um, Facts. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, and then the, I, I really enjoyed the ritualistic Bible kissing scene. I thought it was yeah, cool. Yeah, I thought, I think that was, like, the, I guess, like, the thematic climax of, right. of it, where it's, like, um, just kind of accepting both as one, kind of, like, back to the quote, where it was, like, I don't know, it was, like, I, there's two, right. and in one. It's just like, yeah, it was a good representation of uh, accepting new ways. I agree. Yeah. I thought that scene was incredibly uh, well done as far as, uh, you know, getting across, what, like you said, the thematic uh, climax and just kind of, it's a beautiful climax where, like, no, there's no conflict. It's literally just the resolution of conflict is the climax of yeah. the con- Like, there's no physical or, I mean, there. I guess there's a verbal conflict because they're kind of, like, screaming at each other. Yeah. And then uh, what's what's the woman's name who uh, is, like, the Christian? She starts blood-curling scream. Yeah. Viola. That was, like... She's a hater for real. (laughs) (laughs) She a hater for real. God, God God damn. Uh, uh, yeah. Cool to see sapphic representation. Some more of that on F and F. Uh, had it Mulholland Drive. Um, but it wasn't explored, and it wasn't really explored here either. She was kind of just like there. When did Mahalan drive? Um, they had like a scene where they kissed. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. <laughs> I misunderstood what you meant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my bad. Just women loving women. Yeah. In uh, intimate ways and non-intimate ways. Um, none of these, this movie was really good for that of showing like intimate ways in which women have relationships with one another and uh, non-intimate ways in which women have loving relationships with one another. Very healthy for women to see each other having loving relationships with one another on screen, I believe. Um, controversial opinion, I know. Uh, <laughs> but I thought, you know, if anybody can do it well, it's it's a, a fellow woman. So Agreed. They, 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 Julie Dash, the goat, not uh, striking apart. again. Yeah. And then. I thought, yeah, the resolution is powerful. And then my last two notes says, first, Iona choosing to be with the indigenous man instead of going north was really powerful to me. Um, He pulls up on that horse, too. That shot of him riding on the sunset, like Uh, on the sunset with the water. Mm. Beautiful. Jaffa again. The goat, Arthur Jaffa again at the work. Uh... Secondly, I had Eula deciding to stay after realizing her love for the islands and how she didn't want to have the like the idea or the potential of having a rapist's baby yeah. live in a like privileged life or not privileged life, but in a in a like city lifestyle yeah. and have them be grounded like she was and like just kind of realizing that she loves Nana and the islands mm-hmm. themselves that was really sweet I felt like and then Yellow Mary obviously staying with with Nana was extremely sweet um so shout out her shout out her um we can get into themes uh 
so we can just do the list for the last part, I yeah. guess. Got about 10 minutes here. Um, so for themes, you just want to run through them instead of going one by one. <clears throat> I can run through mine. And then... Yeah. Did I you have them? I have them written down. Gotcha. I'll just go through mine. Go for it. I have African-American struggles, mm -hmm. modernization of society, remember, recall, rec recollect, uh, the, their mantra in the movie, um, remembering your past, tradition versus change, circle of life, companionship is salvation, facing darkness, evils of racism, faith versus doubt, maternal figures, hazards of passing judgment, love and sacrifice, names, their power and their significance, uh, nature is beauty, the role of religion, virtues and their hypocrisies, uh, will to survive, and the wisdom of experience. You nailed those. Thank you. I had a very short list. I had, um, obviously, racism and that compared to the industrialization of the world. Um, holding on to your ancestry, African-American struggle. Hmm. I didn't go as in-depth as you did. No. <laughs> I, I honestly was... I have a list of, of common themes that I look at, and yeah. I mostly just pick from there, but I'll just kind of, like, read through the list and just kind of pick. And this is where I kind of... This is what changed my idea of this movie mm. and my perception of how I felt about this movie after finishing it. Because at first I was like... I don't... I didn't know that I was really feeling it. And then kind of reflecting on it more, I liked it more and more as I reflect on it. And even doing this has made me like it more. I'm actually going to change my, my rating mm. after we've talked about it. Um... But this movie, as I was reading out all these themes and noticing everything that I could pull out of this movie, you kind of start going like, wow, maybe I did learn a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Uh, not learn, but you know, I experienced a lot of stuff in this movie. And so um, for that alone, I mean, you know, I, I, I really, that popped out to me and that had me change my perspective a little Absolutely. bit, uh, the way I was looking at it. So, um, yeah, um, do you have any... Any more thoughts on the themes of the movie that you, anything that, um, you know, anything we've talked about? Do you have any last thoughts or anything? I will say, it is not like the usual movie that I would, I would throw on, but I think it's, it's, it's worth your time right. to, to, to watch something like this. I will say the same. I, w I don't know this is a movie that I would have ever just casually thrown on no, by myself. No. So I'm glad that it's one that stood out to me at, you know, probably midnight on like a Monday when I was researching for this. Yeah. But I'm glad that it did pop up because I really enjoyed it. And, um, I yeah, I would have never seen it otherwise. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, it was really cool. Um, and I hope to through this podcast I had that last week actually or I guess we filmed it like two days ago <laughs> but uh, me and David watched La Haine um, the, it's a French crime drama I've never I've never seen it I've heard of it yeah it's like super anarchist it had a lot of really cool metaphors in it it's pretty brisk like really quick one hour thirty mm. it's anarchist so it's like punk so it really moves and uh, I love an hour thirty movie quick hour thirty that's awesome 
it's a quick one too. Yeah. You're just like I, I, we legit. I was got to the end scene, like the very last scene, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, <laughs> wait over. a minute. What? Yeah. There's ten minutes left. Yeah. It was. I love stuff like that. This movie didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. I will say it. it uh, hour hour fourteen is or what was it? Uh, it was hour fourteen. Uh, right? It was hour fifty. Hour fifty um, doesn't feel like an hour fifty. It didn't. Uh, I I did think. With a lot of the montages, I think that kind of kicked the pace uh, up a notch a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, um, yeah, at the same time, there's, like, they did so much with the story that they were telling. Um, Not so much, like, moving the story along, Mm -hmm. but they had so much to say about the topics within the movie. Or, like, uh, you know, every argument had multiple perspectives and all of the perspectives were fully fleshed out. Um, that is rare. Exactly. That is so rare. In and to do it eloquently. Yeah. Because you can a lot of times do that and sound like a dumb person trying to sound smart and this movie sounds like an extremely intelligent person showing you exactly how intelligent they are. Yeah. Uh, and that is another refreshing thing. That is, that is a rare feat to have, I will yeah. say. I don't know many movies that are coming out that are that eloquent. Right. right. Very valid. So that's that's a real thing that we're missing in mm-hmm. movies now, and I hope that it comes back. Yeah. I feel like, you know, studios like Neon and A24 and mm-hmm. all these indie studios that are popping up nowadays, they're trying to get back to it, and then they're trying their hardest, like everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, A24 knocked it out of the park Killed with that it. producing. Yeah. Uh, but obviously those guys that directed and wrote that movie are incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like a lot of movies are as personal nowadays either. I mean, yeah. just in general. I'd say not nowadays because it is rare for movies to be super personal. Yeah. But this is just like the, the shining example of a movie that is personal, like personable to this Julie Dash. Like, right. This is about her and her ancestry and her family. Like, you, you don't see that too often. Unless it's like a documentary, I guess, but right. like a fictionalized version of like your ancestry, I, I don't know anything like that. Right, and setting it as a period piece in a period that you never lived in. Right. Um, so Julie Dash is incredible for being able to pull this movie off. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say it's so easy for Netflix nowadays to just slap like. $20 million onto some action movie and try to get it to, to pop back <clears> out that same amount of money or, you know, a little bit more than that. But it's so much harder to make a movie that actually takes care and understanding and uh, and takes, like, time to put mm. together and, and actually execute. Yeah. So It's a very flawed system that is in the Netflix just pumping anything and everything out. Yeah, just pumping and dumping, but it's movies. Um, Making them a lot more expendable, which I will say can be expendable, (laughs) Yeah, but I enjoy when they're not. Right, movies are capitalism. Um, And that's that's just a sad uh, reality that we live in. Um, Not this movie, though. This movie is not capitalism. This movie, not capitalism. This movie is very much communist. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they basically live on a commune, so... Yeah. This movie is communism. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. If 
you think about it, if you re- if you're a big brain person, <laughs> you would really understand that it's actually communist. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's really it. Um, I think it's time to get into the list. So I'm gonna transition into a break now. Um, I'm gonna do it a little bit early this time, but that's fine. I, this movie didn't have too much plot-driven no. stuff, so there's not too much to talk about on that front. So we're gonna go into the list. We're gonna put it on the list, and we'll be done. Sounds cool. cool. Yeah, I'll do the podcast. Can we film like next week though? No, dude. I I, I have a schedule for this. It's true. Anyway, welcome back hey. to Finding New Films. <laughs> it's your boys. I'm not angry. I'm just... Pissed off. Pissed off. <laughs> uh, yeah, alrighty. Um, we're going to get this over with. We've wasted enough of your time. Uh, time to waste, waste some more. Of, yeah. This, this isn't a waste of your time, though. No, this is fun. You've been loving this. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and go first, I suppose. Of course. This is my movie. Uh, I did change my rating since we started. I had given this movie a 7. I'm going to give it a 7.25. 7 quarters. Um, I thought it deserves it. I, I feel like this movie deserves that. Is Yeah, I don't have to say. I don't have to justify myself to you, camera. Um, yeah, what was yours? Uh, I'm going to give it a wholesome 7. That's fair. Yeah. So we got a 14.25. It's going to go in at number 11. Mm-hmm. 11 out of 13. Um, I think that's fair. Above Airplane, um, I think a lot of people would be surprised that it's above Casino Royale. Uh, <laughs> that's, like a, that's like a dad flick. My yeah. dad loves that movie. Oh, I'm sure. My, <laughs> I'm sure my dad enjoys that movie a lot, too. Um, I actually walked downstairs and my dad was watching like the last Daniel Craig 007 so I'm sure watching that one. Uh, the one with Rami Malek yep fell yeah, asleep I can imagine mm-hmm. the in the Malek theaters is... too I've never done that before fell asleep I, in the <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep watching Ad Astra in the theater and it's number two up here so did you get a good nap in though yeah it was great it was uh, it was a reclining theater oh it was great and then like it's a space movie so it's basically silent yeah. and it's just like the um the rocket moving mm-hmm. through, it's like vibrating the whole theater. It's Just well rested after that. Oh, yeah. Massage chair, basically. I hit REM sleep. <laughs> Parents had to tap me awake. It was bad. They would have left me there if I didn't wake up. But, <laughs> you know, because my parents hate me. No. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, cool. Daughters of the Dust, uh, it's 11 out of 13. <clears throat> I think it's fair. Um, yeah. And next time you're on, it'll be your choice. So. Uh, Excited to. I don't know if you want to be on. No, no I'm, I'm down for another one. I'm down to watch something just like the complete opposite yeah, of this, too. Balls to the balls. Just insane. Yeah, so we're going to be watching next week's Solo. <laughs> <laughs> next week we'll be watching Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, Is that actually your pick for next week? No. Oh. It's not. No. Gotcha. Uh, I will be watching an Unhinged movie next week. I'll be watching Barbarian. Um, I've heard about this, actually. A lot of people have told me about that. Have you ever heard of the comedy troupe Whitest Kids You Know? I do, I do know. You know Zach from Mm -hmm. Whitest Kids You Know. He directed the movie. He directed Barbarian. 
Yeah. I heard it was really good. A lot of people were telling me about it recently. Yeah, so. and I will say rest in peace, Trevor Moore. That's, yeah. Because uh, love that guy. Right. But, um, yeah, no, Zach Kreger directed Barbarian, mm-hmm. and I... I heard that busted out laughing. That is the most insane fact of 2022 for me. Would not expect that. Didn't yeah. know he was doing much of anything nowadays, to be honest. They were about to revamp White as Kids You Know um, into a show again, and I'm guessing when that fell apart, maybe this came up for him. I have no clue. Excited to see But that. good for him, because yeah. he got a lot of critical acclaim for this movie. So. And even if not critical acclaim, you got widespread acclaim from mm-hmm. audiences. So I think that's good enough. So far, three people have recommended it to me. So. I've had it recommended at least twice. Nope. Uh, so I'm excited for it. It's a good one. So we'll see how that is. That'll be with Preston. Preston will be back. He was with my Mulholland Drive ah. uh, running mate. We were just trying to wrap our heads around the movie the whole time. Um, I know you're a big David Lynch fan. That's, so. He's actually like my favorite director right now. Yeah, yeah. I can, yeah, he's really, really good. i got to watch more of his stuff because I've only seen that and I've seen Twin Peaks. Have you watched The Return Season? I have not. Have you watched Fire Walk With Me? I have not. No. I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I really got to dive into it. You watched the first two seasons of Twin Peaks though? Yes. Yeah, good stuff. Yes. It's Solid really stuff. stuff. Very, very, very odd, odd stuff. <laughs> I love, I love the strangeness. Though That's it is, it's, it's really, really interesting. It's, it's a big, uh, it's a big divergence from a lot of people that do cinema stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like Scorsese will have the random um, montage moments in his movies, but they feel more like spiritual, or like people finding like spiritual things happen to them. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, this is going to probably sound dumb, no, but hit it. Uh, David Lynch's movies are spiritual experiences. Yes. Rather than you watching someone experience a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something within yourself yeah. rather than the movies made the movie. to, for you. Yes. Not made to service the characters mm-hmm. necessarily. So... It's what I really enjoy about him, for sure. Um, he's a very honest filmmaker, too. <laughs> that, he's hilarious, too. That one scene in Mulholland Drive when uh, the, the assassin is just fucking up over <laughs> and over and over. It's so funny. He has some really, it's so really dark witty moments. Too. I love it. Yeah. There's um, just like a, a sneak peek. Of, of the return season, there's a, a, a murderer on the loose who <laughs> was a midget, oh. and his name is Tiny Mike, and he oh. is just running around, killing people with a knife. He doesn't say anything throughout the entire show, but he just kills like five people with a knife. Just pulls up, kills people with a knife. Just insanity in, in, that, in that show. <laughs> and nice. I approve it. Nice, I man. Yeah. That, that sounds awesome. Oh. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Highly recommend. <laughs> looking forward to Tiny Mike in the return season. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think that's where we're going to leave it off with Tiny Mike. Tiny Mike. Um, thank you to anyone who's watching. Thank you to anyone who listened on audio. Uh, go follow us on Instagram. Our links are everywhere. So just find it. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm you not, work hard enough. You yeah, I'm not. Enough. I'm not gonna guide you. Just sure. like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys. Uh, this was Zach. We have been finding daughters of the dust. Next week we'll find barbarian. And that's it. Thank you. Peace Thanks out, guys. everybody. Ooh.